Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be going over the signing of Brandon Audrey, the USFL kicker that the Cowboys just signed. We're also going to be breaking down the tight end position as well. So before we get into that, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever it may be, make sure to follow the show. Leave a five-star review if you could. I would greatly appreciate that. If you're uh, watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like button and subscribe and let's get into it. So the Cowboys have finally signed a kicker. This was something that we were looking for pretty much all offseason, ever since Brent Maher had his struggles in the playoffs. And what sucks about that is, you know, Brent Maher was playing very well leading up to that. And I thought that this was a guy that could potentially be a kicker for the Cowboys for years to come. However, when you miss five extra points in a playoff game, I think it was either four or five and you miss one in the San Francisco game, and you miss one to finish the Washington game, that's too many uh, extra points that you miss in a row, we have to look at you and say, okay, is your mental right? Is this something that's going to continue to happen? And we're going to have trust issues with the guy going forward. And at that position, I don't think that that's the best position to have trust issues at. You know, Brent Maher did a lot of really good things for the Cowboys last season, but Unfortunately, at that position, it's what have you done for me lately? And it's what have you done for me lately in its truest sense, you know, because we saw Brent Maher and we loved what we saw from him. And then all of a sudden, we, you know, when he got on the field during the playoffs, we had no confidence in the guy. And that's like a real thing. Like a mental block is a real thing for a kicker. So it's unfortunate what happened to Brent Maher. It looked like he was a guy that the Cowboys were going to have for years to come. He had a very good season last year. I believe he was an all-pro kicker last year. I'm not 100% sure. And rightfully so. He had a really good season last year. Like There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, you can't miss four or five extra points in a row in the playoffs and expect to have a job. It's just, that's that, that's something that... It's just not going to happen. So they signed this guy from the USFL, and I'm I'm mixed about it. I like it because I think that the Cowboys are really trying to find a guy that they can have here for the next five to ten years, and I like that they're going after young kickers. However, they are going the young route, which means that these guys are unproven. So, yes, this guy was a very good kicker in the USFL, and I think that talent from, you know, the USFL in terms of being a kicker should be able to translate to the NFL, but you never know. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted a kicker in the second round a few drafts ago, and he went to the NFL and he was a complete bust. So it's just weird because you would think that that's a position that translates very well to the NFL, but apparently it doesn't, not as not as much as we'd like to see. And, you know, the 49ers and another team drafted a kicker. I think it was the Cincinnati Bengals. The Niners and the Bengals drafted kickers in the third and fourth round. That's just way too high to draft a kicker. Uh, and they were really good kickers as well. You know, they definitely deserve to be drafted. 
But I mean, third and fourth round, if the Cowboys were to spend that type of draft capital on third and fourth round picks, I would be upset about that because there were bigger positions that the Cowboys could have covered. And and they ultimately did. They ultimately did. I mean, are you trying to tell me that you would take Jake Moody over DeMarvion Overshown? You know, uh, would you take Jake Moody over Awesome Richards? No. Uh, Valimi Fioku? No. You know, so... That was definitely something that the Cowboys didn't want to do, and and rightfully so, because that's just, I mean, that's absurd to draft a kicker that high. And now, if you're telling me he's the next Justin Tucker, maybe we can talk, but I mean, that is a very high bar to achieve. And here's the reason why I, I, I don't love it, though, because we talked about unproven. I think that there were kickers out there that, this upcoming season could be good kickers for the Cowboys. You look at a guy like Robbie Gold. To me, he gets on the field, and I trust that this guy is going to make his field goals. And that's one thing that I want this upcoming season. I thought that's the way you know Dallas was heading due to the fact that you look at their offensive and defensive coordinators, Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, experience, quarterback experience. There's a lot of experience uh, at big positions with the Cowboys. So I was hoping that with the kicker, they would potentially go with the guy with experience. Now, he's going to be going up against Tristan Visciano in camp. That's his immediate competition. I don't think there's much competition there. Tristan Visciano, uh, there's a reason why he was available in December. I think January, right? I think he was available in January. I mean, there was a reason for that. You know, it's not because he's this great kicker. No, like he's there for a reason. And I, I don't love the fact that this kicker is going to come into very little competition. I would love if the Cowboys went and signed a veteran so that these two could compete because ultimately you want the best kicker on the field this upcoming season. You're trying to win a Super Bowl. You are in win-now mode. So that's the way I look at the situation. So let's get into these tight ends here. I actually really like this room. There's a lot of unproven talent in this room. They've shown a lot of flashes, that being Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. And I liked Luke Schoonmaker coming into the league. I liked him as a prospect. One thing that I like about Luke Schoonmaker is I think at the very least at his floor, he's going to be a point of attack blocker, a guy that you can use in the run game. And at his ceiling, he's a guy who can do that, but also be an effective pass catcher as well, which I think that he has the potential to be. You know, the one thing to me is how are the Cowboys going to replace Dalton Schultz? And I don't think it's a player for player thing. Right. Like, I don't think Luke Schoonmaker is the replacement for Dalton Schultz. I think that Jake Ferguson is the replacement for Dalton Schultz. You're looking for a guy to fill what Jake Ferguson brought to your offense last year, and that's going to be Luke Schoonmaker. Now, if Luke Schoonmaker ends up being better than Dalton Schultz or even as good as he was last season, then that's a win off the bat because I think that Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot are going to progress. So if that's the case, then your tight end room is better than it was last season and you already had a strong tight end room. And I think that this tight end room has the potential to be very strong. I think that Jake Ferguson, his ceiling is higher than Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz was a, a really nice tight end. He was a good tight end. And, you know, moving on from Dalton Schultz, I understand why they did it, but there is also a question mark in the room. It's a question mark that I think will be, you know, proven right for the Cowboys and their faith with these tight ends, but it's still a question mark going into the season, you know, because I think that Jake Ferguson has the potential to really be a, a really good tight end, but we have to see it. 
he showed it in flashes last year. Now let's see if he can do it, you know, with him playing a full-time role. And I really like what I see from Peyton Hendershot as well. You know, we'll get into these guys more in depth here. But, you know, Peyton Hendershot, a guy who's going to be detached from the line of scrimmage, more of a receiving option. And the fact that they drafted Luke Schoonmaker, I think will actually be very good for him because I don't think they're going to ask Peyton Hendershot to block nearly as much as they did last year, which they didn't really ask him to block that much last year. But you saw progression from what he was in college to what he is in the NFL when it comes to a blocking uh, from a blocking standpoint. I think a lot of that has to do with Linda Wells and how good of a tight ends coach he is. He coaches these guys up very well. And I think that if you're going to give a guy like Luke Schoomaker, who has such a great athletic profile to a guy like Linda Wells, I think that you're going to get a very good product in return. And, you know, Luke Schoomaker is a bit older and the Cowboys did draft him in the second round and he does have some injury history. So this is a risk here. But I think that the Cowboys do see upside with Luke Schoonmaker. But I also think that they see a defined floor as well. And the defined floor is, like I said, very good lead blocker. He's a guy that you can incorporate in your run game. You can move him around the formation. He does a lot of things for your offense. So that's the way I look at the tight end room. I think that it's going to be better than what it, what it was last year. But it is still a question mark, in my opinion, until we see it in full action and we see these guys fully progress and become the players that we think they can become. Jake Ferguson is a guy that everybody should have their eyes on in this upcoming season. He is the reason why the Cowboys decided to move on from Dalton Schultz, because if Jake Ferguson didn't show flashes in his rookie season, I don't think they move on from Dalton Schultz, but I think that they were comfortable with what they saw from Jake Ferguson and decided that they were going to move forward with the guy. And I think rightfully so, because I think this guy has a lot of potential. I think that he has more potential than what Dalton Schultz had. You know, I mean, you look at Jake Ferguson. This is a guy who, when he has the ball in his hands, he is very good with the ball in his hands. He's a guy that's able to shift defenders' momentum. He has really good vision. He sets up blockers well. You know, but also he's a good route runner as well. He's physical. He can, uh, he can make contested catches. He's a good blocker. He is an all-around tight end. This guy is a very solid prospect for the Cowboys, and they have a lot of faith in this guy going forward. Ryan Clark was talking about him on Get Up, which is kind of crazy, which is kind of crazy. They were talking about Jake Ferguson on Get Up. This was during the, the season, though. This was a long time ago, and I think uh, Jake Ferguson had a really good game, and even Ryan Clark said, like, yeah, man, this guy's going to be a star. And, uh, you know, you hear Travis Kelsey talk about Jake Ferguson. And here's the thing. When you compare players' games to each other, it's not saying that they're going to be as good as the guy. That's just saying they play in a very similar skill. Uh, uh, they play in a very similar play style. Like, to me, Jake Ferguson reminds me a lot of Travis Kelsey. Not saying he's going to be as good as Travis Kelsey, but they're the same height. They're damn near the same weight. They're very good with the ball in their hands. They're able to separate as a route runner. Now, granted, there's levels to this. Travis Kelsey does it at a level that we've never seen, but I don't think it's unfair to compare Jake Ferguson's game to Travis Kelsey, but also say, I don't think he's going to be as good as him. They just play similar. They just play in a similar manner. That's all that is. So, you know, I have high expectations for Jake Ferguson this upcoming season. You know, this guy is a hard worker. I Man, look, I'm a big fan of Big Ten tight ends, right? It's funny. I'm a big fan of Big Ten tight ends, but my school, which is in the Big Ten, Ohio State, does not use tight ends for some reason. 
you know, you see all these great tight ends coming from the the Big Ten, uh, but none from Ohio State because they just decide not to use that position. I, I don't know why, but I digress. So, you know, Jake Ferguson, to me, high expectations and rightfully so. Let's talk about Peyton Hendershot. So one thing that I find very interesting is that on several podcasts, Brian Broadus has talked about how there are people in the Cowboys building that think that Peyton Hendershot could be the best tight end in this tight end room. And I'm not saying they're wrong for thinking that because obviously they know things that I don't. They're in on these practices. They're in on these meetings. They see, you know, future potential plans for this guy. And, you know, they have access to more tape than I have access to. So I'm not saying that they're wrong for thinking that, but I do want to know why they think that, you know, again, not saying they're wrong, but I'm very interested in Peyton Hendershot. I think that this is a guy that could be a Mike Gusecki type of tight end for you. You know, obviously he's a, he's a solid, I mean, he's an okay blocker. He's a willing blocker, which is one thing that I appreciate. I mean, this is a guy that had reps against Hassan Reddick and more than held his own on multiple occasions. So, you know, that's one thing that I do like about Peyton Hendershot is that, you know, when you look at his college tape and compare it to his NFL tape, he did become a better blocker from when he was in college to when he was in the NFL. And I think a lot of that has to go with, like I talked about earlier, Lunda Wells. This guy does a very good job of developing tight ends. But, you know, look, there's a reason why the Cowboys didn't draft Dalton Kincaid. They were never going to draft Dalton Kincaid. The Bills traded up in front of the Cowboys because they thought they were going to draft Kincaid. They were never going to draft Kincaid. And the reason why they were never going to draft Kincaid is because of Peyton Hendershot. Because everything you would ask Dalton Kincaid to do, Peyton Hendershot can do it. You want him to stretch the field, he can do that. You want him to be a yak guy, he can do that. And honestly, I'm going to say this. I think that Peyton Hendershot is a way better blocker than Dalton Kincaid is ever going to be in the NFL. So that's something that to me was very interesting. Like I'm sure that the Cowboys really like Dalton Kincaid. I mean, there's a lot to like about the guy. He's going to be a very good player in this league. But I do think that the Cowboys weren't weren't going to draft Dalton Kincaid because they feel like they have a guy that is... A, a better, no, I wouldn't say better fit, but they, they feel like they have a guy that's Dalton Kincaid that can do what Dalton Kincaid does. So why waste the first round pick on somebody that you already feel like is on your roster? So, and not only that, you need guys like Peyton Hendershot on this team. Peyton Hendershot was undrafted free agent rookie and young guys on this team, whether it be late round draft picks, undrafted free agents, they're going to be able to look at guys like Peyton Hendershot and Terrence Steele and say, if I work my tail off, I can get on the field, regardless of where I was drafted. The Cowboys do not discriminate on draft position. If you can play, you can play flat out. They don't care where they draft you. They don't care where they get you from. They want to put the best players on the field. You know, and and they do give these undrafted free agents a shot. They're not afraid to do that. And Peyton Hendershot got his opportunity and he made the most out of it. You know, when you look at his production from a statistical standpoint, yeah, it wasn't that impressive. But I'll argue this as well. I don't think that he's going to have amazing production this upcoming season because I think that he's the fifth target on this offense. You look at the the uh the options on this offense cd brandon cooks michael gallup ferguson peyton hendershot luke schoomaker you know it depends if peyton hendershot becomes the best out of these tight ends from a receiving standpoint then yes he will probably be about the fourth option on this team but you know 
I'm not expecting a huge year from Peyton Hendershot statistically, but that's fine. He's another option for Dak Prescott. He's a guy who can play detached from the line of scrimmage, big slot receiver, good after the catch. I mean, there's so many things that this guy could bring to this offense. And again, he's just another piece. And we talk about Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore did not get the most out of his players. He did not get the most out of the weapons that he had on his team. So I think that there is probably some more juice to squeeze with Peyton Hendershot that we haven't seen yet because Kellen Moore didn't put him in the position to show us that. Luke Schoonmaker is a guy that I find to be very interesting as well. This is a very interesting tight end room. I am very intrigued with what I see and with the prospects in this tight end room because there is a lot of potential in this tight end room. And I think that there is more potential to see from Luke Schoonmaker. I know there's people under the impression that just because he's 25 years old that he's hit his ceiling. I disagree because I don't think that Michigan got the most out of him as a pass catcher. I think that, you know, Michigan isn't a team that necessarily likes to throw the football around the yard. And maybe if he was on an offense where they do that, maybe you would be able to see him be more of an effective pass catcher. But Michigan didn't show that. So, you know, there's a raw athletic score. And Luke Schoonmaker ranked 16th out of 1,105 tight ends that have tested in the raw athletic score. So he is a tremendous athlete. He's one of the best athletes that the league has seen at the tight end position. And that's not, I, that's just, it's a fact. I mean, it's on the raw athletic score. Now, will that athleticism translate to what we see on the field? I think it will. I'm not saying that this guy is going to be like a Hall of Fame tight end or anything, but at the very least, I think that he's going to be a good enough athlete to where you can look at his floor and say, at the very, at the very least, we're going to get a good point of attack blocker. We're going to get a guy that, you know, we can run behind just like they did at Michigan. Uh, he could be a lead blocker on some of those outside runs. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you could do with Luke Schoonmaker just outside of him being a pass catcher. But I do think that there's a level that they can tap into with him being a pass catcher. And if there is, they're going to get it because Linda Walls is one of the best tight end coaches in the business. And I mean, look, he's getting a very, very intriguing prospect with Luke Schoonmaker. And I honestly do believe he was the right pick. And here's the reason why I thought that the Cowboys should have attacked the tight end position in the first two rounds. I really believe that. Um, I looked at the room and I said, Ferguson Hendershot, I feel good about it. You know, if they don't get a tight end, I don't think it's the end of the world. But man, it would be really nice to add another tight end to this team just because of what they were able to do with their 12 and 13 personnel sets. They were very effective in 12 and 13 personnel. And I think that Mike McCarthy saw that and said, okay, how do we get more out of this formation? How do we get more out of this personnel set? And I think that, like, when you look at the draft, Mike, like, they went defense three out of the first four picks. And I think Mike McCarthy looked at Will McClay and he said, look, that's fine. If you guys want to go defense, I'm all for it. Get me a tight end. Get me another tight end. And at that point, if they were going to go draft a tight end, he was the best tight end available. Like we thought it was Darnell Washington, but then you see the reports of him having surgery on both of his knees or, you know, injury history with both of his knees. I mean, that's something that you have to pay attention to. But Luke Schoonmaker is also a guy who's had injury history as well. He's a guy that was in a boot in OTA. So that's something that to, to look out for. I'm not saying that this guy is going to come in the league and 100% be a good player. This is a guy that could turn out to be an absolute mess. 
because, I mean, he is going to be 25 when the season starts. He is a guy with injury history. So, I mean, there are some, some things that you look at and say, I'm not going to ignore these red flags, but I do believe in Luke Schoonmaker that at the least, I believe in his floor. I believe in his floor. Um, but I mean, it kind of goes back to, okay, if you're drafting a tight end in the second round, you probably want more than just a, a really good blocking tight end. You can find really good blocking tight ends in the fifth, like the fifth, sixth round. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I think that the Cowboys drafted this guy under the impression that, okay, at the floor, we're going to get a good blocking tight end. But we really think that this guy has a very high ceiling as a pass catcher. And I, I honestly agree with them. But that's going to be it for the episode, though, guys. I know it was a shorter podcast today. I just got the Roadcaster Pro. This thing is awesome, but I, I spent a little bit of time setting this thing up. So I actually didn't record this podcast until like the last minute. So I apologize for the shorter episode. But uh, next week, we're going to be getting into the offensive line and the defense as well. I'm going to try and get a guest on the podcast as well. There's a few names that I've reached out to. We'll see if anybody gets back to me. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for the episode, though. If you haven't already, please make sure to hit that like button and subscribe. I would greatly appreciate that if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this. Make sure to follow the show and leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.